What is up, everybody? Welcome to the third episode of the Panthers Nation podcast here on the Panthers Nation Network. Now, we call it the network because y'all can tell now after a couple of weeks, we're not just a podcast. We've got videos coming from Shantice over there. We've got tweets and looking for some articles later on from Tyler Bursky down there. And we've got your little Charlotte flavor from Jeff Taylor. Look for another segment we're going to be releasing here in the next couple of weeks with Jeff Taylor. Um, that's some exciting stuff that we've got ready for y'all. And guys, it's been so amazing seeing the support y'all had for us. We were already at 600 followers. Shantice put some on his story. He got us to 600 later that day. So just we, we love y'all so much. We thank y'all so much for the support. We can see the analytics. We see y'all are listening to us. So we just really appreciate y'all. We've got some stuff in the works for y'all to, you know, give our love back to the community. So just keep in touch. Keep keep your eye out on that. But guys, going into going into today's game, I mean, this is not something uncommon for the Carolina Panthers where you play a really, really good game against a team we thought we were going to, you know, get crushed by. And then you're set up against a team that you probably at least should have held it to onto or played a game against, and they just they blow you out of the water. The Panthers have done this time and time again. What were y'all's thoughts? I mean, this is nothing new for us, guys. So what, what were your thoughts going after after today's loss? I was actually disappointed. Like, sometimes I go into these games, I'm happy that we're close, and I'm happy we're competing, but I was actually disappointed today. I was like, I really, I was surprised by how bad we were in the second half. But, you know, we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, kind of just going off what Sean T said there. Um, you know, the first half we're hanging on barely, but you could tell things were uh, ready to go south at any point, and eventually that did happen, you know. Um, and it wasn't even just Brady coming off hot um, like we thought he would. I mean, he was really good, but overall everything was bad. Every, everyone struggled, and we, uh, we got decimated everywhere. I keep waiting for Mother Nature and Father Time to catch up with Brady, mm-hmm. and his passes were – I, he threw three passes in the end zone that weren't caught. They were like fat. I'm like, why are they not catching them? And then I see the velocity, which they're coming. But like you said, like you guys said, listen, first half, you're there. You get your hopes up. We'll talk about it. I want to talk about the last possession that the Panthers had before the half ended. Um, but you're right there. I mean, it's all right there in black and white. And it your third quarter just – third quarter killed you. And I will say, though, Tom Brady either – I mean, because it didn't look like we were getting much pressure on him, but I will say some of his throws where he had Gronk or even A.B. open in the end zone or far to the red zone, he just overthrew him. So there were times that I was looking at Brady, I'm like, okay, he's still not, you know – I mean, he's not, he's not you know, dwindling at all. But there, you can see it set in a little bit. But I think that also just attributes to how bad our pass coverage is because there were multiple times these guys were wide open in the second and third level. And – uh, Tyler Shantis, I know y'all are tired of me saying it. And for the new guys listening to this podcast, you haven't heard me say it yet, but there are two things that I think lost us this game. And it's, I say it every week. It was our offensive line and our defensive backs. Teddy had literally maybe two seconds to throw the ball almost every play. You see he's getting – there are free shots that people are ha- these defenders are having on Teddy. And we're seeing it set in. Teddy right now is getting an MRI on his knee. Thank the Lord it's not the knee that he – aggravated the first time to almost you know end his career but I mean send prayers up because we saw PJ coming for what the one play or no for I mean the rest of those you know series and it just it it did not look good at all so I and then our defensive backs I mean we were making AB look good guys we were and to be fair it's AB but like I mean they just had I mean Cameron Brait I forgot he was still in the league up until that touchdown yeah yeah (laughs) yeah look all right Dante Jackson being hurt with that turf toe is really killing us because he it played is. for a half. And you notice the half he plays, we play well. We're in it. We may have a chance, but he can't finish games. 
And, and 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 with it being because of injury, you know, you really can't do anything about it. But I look at Troy Pride, and he, God, the kid looks terrified. Like he 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 looks. I mean, t- you can't give a ten yard cushion in the red zone. Like I mean, he's giving up literally everything under the sun. There's no route that receivers can't run against him at this point because he's I, he he seems to have no confidence in, in in any of his ability when he's out there. Who who's that? Listen, I mean, he's had a great season. Jeremy Chin did not play well today. Yeah, that mismatch I mean, was not great. With that mismatch with Gronk, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I, but, Jimmy, you know, that's me. You know, I, the secondary, and you, you said it, Jack, the secondary, I mean, you know, it, it just, it is what it is right now. And I think that those first few games where they mirage, where everybody felt good about everything and, we thought, hey, we can, we can, you know, do that. You just got beat today. You got beat by better. And here's the deal: the difference between a good football team and an average football team is the good football team makes plays when they need to, and and people step up. And we listen. We st- we're still young. I'm not. I'm not going to use that as an excuse anymore. But you know, you'll grow. But good teams step up to the plate when they have to and do what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at the end of the day, it came down to their talent on offense at every single skill position versus. Um, our biggest weakness, and that's our secondary. Where you know, once Dante left, it's it's nothing really after him. I, I will say, like we do, we we're very hard on Dante. We're very we're very expecting of Dante. We want him to be that number one. And as 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 much as we bash him or have bashed him in the last couple weeks, like Shanti said, when he's off the field, it is apparent, and it is just it is known what we have left on that field. I mean, Burris coming back. Didn't do really anything for us. I mean, that, that was neither here nor there. I mean, it's just you see the the lack of depth we have in that position and just the lack of experience. That's another thing. And uh, Shantice and Tyler, I can ask you all this. I mean, we're looking at it. You know, we're sitting here in week, what, what 10? Is that where we're at? I can't remember, 10, 11? One, one 10, of the, yeah. I think. And you think about you think about the college season and how long it lasts, and you think about the amount of guys we're having coming right out of their college season. This stamina that they are having, you're going to start to see it dwindle within these next few weeks. They have not played a season this long, a lot of these guys. They have not gone this many weeks in a row. So, I mean, how much of a factor is that going to show in the next couple of weeks? Uh, it's, it's the rookie wall. It's, it's, everybody hits it. And when you have a bunch of guys, you drafted a bunch of young guys, you expect them to play. Yeah, they have to work through that rookie wall, but this is where you want to have veteran guys to go alongside the, go alongside them and help help push them through, like how to get through that rookie wall. How do you keep your body up? Because I mean, I think about it. I think about Jeremy Chin. He went to Southern Illinois. I can't imagine that his training regimen at Southern Illinois really translated that well to what he's having to do in the NFL. And maybe his body just isn't up for it because I think about these guys didn't have a full offseason as well. Like they didn't have a full offseason with a NFL training staff. So, you know, these guys are – I think at this point they're, just gonna, they're, they're probably going to limp to the finish line and just you really hope that you get there the best way you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and going along with that point about the rookie wall and how they're, you know, getting to the point in the season where at this this is the longest they played football um, in their life for a consistent stretch. So, you know, they're, they're figuring things out on their own, but not just them, but our coaching staff. We don't have much NFL experience at all, um, not counting Phil Snow has dabbled in the league for a little bit. But we're kind of just figure, figuring this NFL thing out as we go and the schedule and everything, how it works, not to mention it's an off year. So everyone's kind of just getting used to it together. Yeah, you talk about- oh, let me just say this real quick. And, here, and it has nothing to do with what you just brought up, Jack. But the sad part is we'd be tied for the lead in the NFC. <laughs> In the, uh, in the I, I, can't. <laughs> I, I can't even. I can't even. So this is 
I, I can't even, I, I can't even, what I uh, just, never mind. Words are not enough. Well, it's interesting. So right now, the NFL, uh, if y'all just saw, they just passed uh, a contingency plan. The, the NFL Owners Association, they passed a contingency plan if the season were not to complete the 17 weeks. Basically, they said if the season has to end short, any team that, if, if a team, first off, if a team has to quarantine, has to cancel a game, they don't have to make it up anymore now. They just have, if it gets to week 17 for everybody else and they've only played 15, 15 games, tough. And your winning, your winning percentage and your record and playoff percentage is based off of that winning percentage compared to everybody else. They also announced that if the season does not get to 17 games, if we can't finish, we have to shut off. If we had to shut off next week, what they would do is keep the playoffs, go to add an extra seed for each for each uh, conference. You'd have eight seeds in the playoffs, be the top hmm. division leaders, and then the top four records after that. Now, here's the interesting part, because especially for the NFC East, the seeding would not be based off of division and then record. It would be based solely off record. So you'd have the, the you'd have the, the the Eagles sitting at you know four and twelve if they might be winning that division they'd be number eight when they'd be number eight in the seating and no one would have a buy and then also the home field advantage would not be based off of seating either it'd be based off of record in that matchup so if you're playing even if somehow the Eagles you know get up to be like you know if they get to be six and ten but they're playing someone and so their seating is higher than somebody else if record wise they still might have to go to that team to play them in the playoffs. So that's just, it's concerning a bit that they're already thinking that far ahead. And they're all, I mean, it's, it's good to be prepared. It is good to be prepared. I don't think anything they're thinking of it that much yet, but that was just something I thought of Jeff, because that would be a huge factor. I mean, I don't know if that eighth spot would help the Panthers because like right now, I mean, almost, I mean, three teams from the NFC West are more than likely making that, making the playoffs, unless the Seahawks go on an absolute downslide, which I mean, they've lost hey, what? Two, listen, two, three right now. Listen, they, they lost three of their last four. And we can talk about Teddy and, and people talk about his play and stuff like that. Russell Wilson's gone from MVP to the seller right now because he's had seven turnovers in two games. Seven turnovers in two games. And back to what you just said. There, numbers. This whole, yeah, this whole idea of eight, eight, I, I don't like it. I, you know, you might, you're going to water it down. At some point, you're going to water it down. And, but, it does open, you know, it, it opens some chances for teams to get in there. Um, and we'll see what happens. And it's been interesting because it's been the interesting part about the whole coronavirus and the COVID has been you've had one case like on this team or one case here. You haven't had the Titans back in the day or the Raiders where you had, you know, 10, 12, 20 players. So it has been very minimal and we've gotten the games off. So I think the next couple of weeks for our nation as a whole with Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff like that, that will go a long way in terms of, I think, how things go. But kudos to the NFL for the way they've handled it right now. No, definitely. Um, so now getting you know back back to the Panthers. I mean, guys, what were some of the things that you I mean, you obviously know my grievances, and there were others too. Because Tyler, you talked about it with the coordinators and the age of our coordinators. They're not <laughs> they're not calling plays the way they need to. And we were, this is something we looked at. I mean, we talked about Brady, we talked about Snow early on, and what they were doing with what they had. Now it's kind of more the reverse where they've got these guys, but they're not. They're not calling the right formations. They're not drawing up the right plays. I mean, some of these calls, especially for Brady on these third downs, I'm like, what are you doing, dude? So, I mean, Ash Ashanti, I know you, look, you like, look like you have something to say about the matter. Okay. Yeah, you know what? Because, you know, i just been seeing this. I've had to argue with people for at least about a month about Joe Brady. And I've only been saying that he's just not ready yet. To He's not exactly what everybody's trying to make him out to be. He just needs time because I can't get him to call a complete game. It's been five weeks. I have not gotten a complete offensive second half from Joe Brady yet. And not that he's not a great off, a great young mind in this game, but it's just – it's really telling after the first half of games 
if you start noticing everything, all Teddy's reads that he had in the first half, they're gone. All all the slants, all the little dink and dunk passes, the teams just all, all, all they do. I said it. I say it every week. They press up, take away everything short. If he can't get it over the top, oh well, we'll pre- but, but we'll press and make him have to make a play down the field. And he hasn't seemed to figure out that that's what's going to happen each and every week. It seems the second half adjustments just keep losing him and Phil Snow in every game we played so far. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, just with Joe Brady, the, the talent's there, and he's definitely going to be one of the up-and-coming coaches in the league. But uh, like Sean T said, we got to pump the brakes a little bit uh, with him, you know, being you know head coach maybe next year. He, he might, uh, he might, but uh, we'll see. Um, but he, he definitely needs some more time and, um, you know, just the, just needs to become more consistent, really. But um, I want to talk about a little bit about Phil Snow, who we really don't touch on much um, on the podcast I thought today was one of his worst, uh, worst games, um, especially like the Panthers. They, they kept bringing up the stat on how terrible we are on third downs. We can't get off the field. Um, so I, I paid closer attention to that today. And, you know, there's a variety of different calls and stuff. But um, there was one instance where we sent a six-man pressure on third and long, and um, the guys were coming from depth, took forever to get there. And so it's one-on-one all across the board and against those receivers, they're, they're going to win. And I get, you got to throw, you got to throw different stuff on an offense like that. But when you got, when you have your guys coming from depth to get Brady, um, it's, it's just not going to work out well. And then there's just, it seems like there's some instances where we got guys doing things they shouldn't be and, uh, guys in the wrong spots. So, uh, I want to, you know, our defense is such it's the main problem of our team, I think. So uh, I want to see that get cleaned up in the next few weeks and help develop our players some more. I so I would think, honestly, more so than our defense, I think communication is our biggest issue on this team. I, I don't understand what is going on right now. And so one thing I would say about Phil, I don't think he's making adjustments. It's like Shanti said, people are making adjustments that they have to go against our offense. I don't think Phil's changing anything. I think Phil has a set what he wants to do and is just going by it. I think he's sticking to what is safe. On the other, other side of that, I think Brady – is too confident in his own calls and he's too headstrong in his own calls. I think he's got a game plan that he has set out for more than just the first drive. You know, most offensive coordinators, they have that game sheet of the five, you know, 10, 15 plays. I think he's got 40 all there in succession and he's just calling them out no matter what. It's what it's looking like to me because it doesn't seem like either of them are playing to the game. They're playing to what they want to do and what they want to accomplish, but that's not what you do in football. You have to adapt and it doesn't seem like they are adapting. Son of a bitch. I, I just saw I just I saw that Nick Batum is now staying with the Hornets. He exercised his $27 million option. I'm sorry. That was a right off the beat reaction. But uh, something is nice about the Hornets, though. Those, those mint, those mint buzz uh buzz city jerseys that we just released, the mint and gold. Those were dirty. Have you um, seen the floor? The floor is insane too. The floor, the, the court was really dope. Hey, um, real quick, let me throw in, let me throw in, you know. A, I didn't know, to be honest with you, who Joe Brady was in terms of what he looked like. Yeah, what is his haircut? Did you see that? I don't know. Do? Who, who hurt him? Who hurt his hair? He had chunks taken out of it. The couple of times they showed him today in the third quarter, it was this kind of coach, and I don't know if you guys would agree with me, he kind of looked like, what am I doing here? Why am I – you know, it was like, oh, my God, I'm going against, you know, t- Tom Brady and the Tampa – and it was just this kind of like look of like a deer in headlights. It was just this look about him like – and then, you know, I guess at the end of the half, after you complete that long pass, which I thought was completed. Yeah. Get up and run the play. I don't know why all of a sudden, you know, Teddy's doing this and looking all over. It's like 15 seconds, you know, and I know they were trying to figure out, and then it went to the review and stuff. Get up and snap the football. So, yeah, the communication factor, I think there were a couple times where I saw, you know, uh, Teddy look over to the sidelines and there was some kind of, like, questioning. 
get your act together and go. Um, and, and here's what bothered me too, real quick about that, that play, even though it was incomplete. Um, and I want to double check and I'd love to talk about it next week. I'm not sure why the refs, they threw the flag for delay a game on sports and like conduct because the guy wouldn't get off of him, but then they didn't mark it off when they took the ball back. Yeah. And I thought they were supposed to, but they didn't, but that's neither here nor there. But when you let 15, 20 seconds run off the clock and you look unorganized, get up there and snap the football. And I don't know if it's because recently in, in recent weeks and, you know, in the last two weeks now, Brady has moved from the box down to the field. I don't know what I'm not. I mean, I'm not, you know, a coach minded guy. I'm not really sure what that entails. And if that's been because I don't know if the communication issue was with Teddy's helmet. And that's why he wasn't be able to get the calls because we've seen as Panthers an uncanny like problem with time management with Teddy. I mean, what with the Chiefs game, we used yes. all of our timeouts going with like maybe 10 minutes left in the second. This mm -hmm. week, it was about five minutes left in the second. We used all of our timeouts with two or three positive drives going forward after that. So I don't know if now he's moving down and that's what you saw, Jeff, when he was looking over now, just looking literally at Brady for hand signals like you would, but they, they got to get that together because it's costing us crucial plays and crucial timeouts that we could be using to better ourselves. It's, 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 it's so y'all talk about that. Cause I, well, I think real quick and I'll let everybody else go to me. If you're down on the sideline, you got 80 people around you. Mm -hmm. Everything's kind of crazy. And as an offensive coordinator, defense coordinator, I don't get if you're not up in the press box or up where you're in the coach's box where you can see what's developing. Exactly. Or see the coverages that they're in and know to change them. I mean, it's hard enough to see them on the line as much as it is. Well, and you've got your deep, you know, your assistant offensive coordinator, whoever's beside you going, they're in this coverage, they're in this coverage. By the time you relay that, maybe they're up high, they relay it down low, and then you get it to Teddy and you're trying to think of what plays to call. And you got, you know, Matt Rule beside you. And this person, like, that's too much going on for this guy for the first time. Get back yeah. up in the box, watch your coverage, see what they're in, and go from there. But you know, it speaks to what, like, like we, like we said earlier, communication on both sides of the ball has been bad, and it and it goes to we have young coaches and young players, and that's the risk you take when you want to go completely young because you don't have. I, I, I just I, there's a huge difference between coaching in the NFL level and the college level because the thing about college, like think about college, you you got offense to have they have they have the plate they have the play cards on the sideline, the big play cards on the sideline. You hold them up. Boom, there's a play call, go. You have, there's a lot more communication. There's a lot more talking in the NFL game. And for the guys that you see struggle from the college level to the NFL level, they tell you the main thing is the communication. Like there's way more way more discussion on the field between players, on the field with, between coaches. And I think maybe Joe Brady's struggling with he has to communicate more with his quarterback than he did at, say, LSU. And maybe that's what's kind of causing all, all of these – these breakdowns, these breakdowns will cut with, uh, with clock management with burning timeouts all in one half with like five minutes left. And just like Tyler was talking about, you saw it, Tyler. Like, I mean, I saw at one point, you know, friggin' Russell Coon stand, standing up in the stands looking around like, what am I supposed to be doing? When you're trying, like, you can't do that. You can't have your players not know what they're supposed to be doing going into these games. Um, I'll talk more about the, and the offensive line. I mean, that's just, it's showing how poor it is. We spoke about it a little bit earlier, but just, we talked about they. I saw. I saw. You know, recap of the game, and they were talking about how you know not being able to sling it deep really killed us in the second half. We know we can't sling it deep. We do not have the offensive line to be able to get these to plays going. That's why DJ Moore has honestly been quite a bit quieter these last few weeks because that's where he makes his splash is getting a pass. You know, that 15 yard marker, that 20 yard mark, and taking it and going downfield. He had a couple of those in the first half, but that offensive line is not going to hold up long enough. To where it can do that all game. They don't have the we don't have the depth for it. They don't have the stamina. I mean, they're getting Tyler Larson's coming in and out or going back and forth. It's just not. You can't do that. And so, 
I know that's a big issue. I know they've been saying, you know, I, I did like seeing DJ get more touches in the first half. That was, um, you know, that was nice to see. But Tyler, what do you, I mean, this this relationship between the line and and, and the cat pack, I guess we still call them. Um, I mean, how much of an issue have you seen from that in terms of helping our offense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kind of go hand in hand, especially um, in the offense, because we got guys where, you know, DJ Moore, he's, you know, Four four guy and Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson four three and you they're great after the catch and underneath areas all three of them are I mean you see Curtis play running back uh, you know DJ Moore is great after the catch and Robbie Anderson uh, he's really showing a lot to me after the catch but all three of them what you love to see for them is they can all be vertical threats they definitely can be and it's hard to do that when one the offensive line doesn't give us the time to hang in there and two Teddy you know love him but. Um, that's not really what he's, that's not really what he's made for is pushing the ball downfield. But, um, so it definitely limits them. And like Sean T said earlier, great point. Um, once teams start to realize this, once teams have started to caught on to us over the weeks and watching our games, they realize that downfield is not going to be too much of a threat for them. If they can get pressure on us, play in the short zones, play press, take away the easy stuff. It's, uh, it's going to be tough for us, especially with that offensive line. I will say real quickly to Joe Brady's, uh, to his benefit and uh, to compliment him. I don't think I saw, I'm trying to remember, I don't think I saw any instance of the horrible screen pass called this week. I don't think I, I don't think I saw it. DJ Moore caught the touchdown off the screen. I like that. Yeah, but it wasn't that horrible, you know, send Mike Davis out of the flat or say, you know. Yeah, and that lead block or whoever, 73, I forgot his name. Yeah. Dude, did he not level? He leveled the corner. Um, That's what we love to see. I mean, just leveled him. Um, and then Jeff, like you can speak to it too, being a, a resident Titans fan, also you know watching the Panthers, and also we got a, we had a, it was a blue once in a blue moon. Jeff was able to watch the Panthers all day because Titans were played on Thursday night. We won't talk to Jeff about that game because that's gonna hurt him. But I will say, you've seen how much a team's offense can come to a halt when you lose a key piece of your offensive line. And the, Panthers to, and the Panthers have had to. So talk a little about that. Yeah, I mean, you 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 look at like look at. We're we're one in three since Taylor one left, um, and and while Tannehill has had okay games, Ryan Tannehill has kind of looked like the Ryan Tannehill of Miami. He's had a, a couple of tough games, and Derrick Henry's Derrick Henry. Let's just be real. Yeah. I mean, Derrick Henry's going to get his hundred yards, and and that's it. But yeah, I mean, when you've got, I don't even know the guy's name who took his place, and that's bad. I'm a Titans fan. I don't know his name. Um, but when when you lose that. Um, it, it, it's a big deal. And and one guy, one spot on an offensive line um, goes a long way. So, you know, like you said, Teddy was under pressure all day long. And, and you know, the interesting part was we talk about Teddy downfield and stuff like that. I just want to back up for just a second. He, he wasn't real accurate all day, to be honest with you. He I mean, I know he, he completed passes, but even like the touchdown to um, the oh, tight end. Yeah, Con Thompson. Right. I was like, "Who the hell are you?" Go back, go back and watch that touchdown pass, and compare it to uh, uh, when Brady hit. Um, who he hit? But like our guy, like Thompson, had to wait for it almost, and Teddy almost didn't get it in there. What well, Brady led the guy, and it was a perfect thing. Teddy today, even though he completed passes, and he was like ten for ten at the beginning, he was like a tick off. Yeah. They were not. They were not good. Well, yeah, I think. T- it's, Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, like, like well, some of Teddy's numbers, like those, what he started like 13 to 13, start yep. the game off. Like, he was like 13 to 13 for like what 89 yards. Like, right. Like, like, none of it's like, 
mm, I don't know. Sometimes I look at Teddy's numbers, and they're kind of a farce. Like, like they don't really tell the whole story as to how that game is actually going. And there was I, one, and there was one deep ball, and I don't know who it was too. Was it DJ Moore who had to yeah. wait? For him? Yeah, DJ. If he had, if he'd hit him in stride, Touch. that's six. That's six, and that's that's been the problem. And I saw it a little bit today too. And I don't know if it was because of the way if the line was cheering a little bit more because he had McCaffrey back last week and got a taste of it. The amount of check down passes that Teddy was throwing, I don't know if it's because he didn't have enough time, but I mean, the amount of passes I saw go out to the flat and go to Mike Davis, where that'll work if you have McCaffrey, but for the most part, not with Mike Davis. I mean, people have found you just got to kind of pull, give your full force to Davis, and most of the, more often than not, you will be able to stop him. Still credit to Davis. He ran, he ran a hell of a game at certain points, um, and he's still certainly fighting. I love seeing it from him. He knows he's only going to be in the one week, and then he's going to be, you know, same spot he was next week, and we pray that, you know, McCaffrey won't be out any longer than he is. I mean, and we pray Teddy won't be out any longer than he is because if Teddy's out any longer, I'm honestly saying all receivers, sorry, set the sideline, let's bring an extra lineman. I'm just having McCaffrey do Wildcat the whole game. Like, that's well, the only thing we can do at that point. I'd love to hear everybody else's take on this, especially Tyler's. At what point do you go, listen, this season's over, to a point, and you got to protect McCaffrey and you got to protect Bridgewater. I mean, unless you want to go with somebody else down the road, but Mike Davis might get more carries than we think he's going to get. Yeah. Over the next few over the next few weeks, Tyler, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so going into this week, um, the big big tell is going to be how Teddy's MRI is. If he's seriously injured, um, you know, and McCaffrey and McCaffrey is ready, we got to throw McCaffrey out there just because he wants to play so bad. This is what he's right. here for, of course. But um, limiting his touches, limiting the hits he's taken, taking him out on pass blocking, getting Mike Davis in there might not be the worst idea just to preserve him. That's our million dollar man that we're paying big bucks to, uh, the highest, highest paid running back. So, uh, we got to protect him at all costs, you know, cause if he goes down, like we've seen, it's, it just puts a burden on us and he's a great player and, you know, we need him. And then, so if, say if Teddy is back and he's playing and this continues over the next couple of weeks of the injuries and the losses and, um, everything in, I don't think you take either of them out, um, of the game towards the end of the season because, um, just to preserve them, even if they're not injured, but limiting hits on them and preserving them, uh, maybe the way to go. Yep. Now I won't say we should take anybody out and, and leave and take the season, but if, it, if there was any point that I would do it, these next two games against the Lions and the Vikings lose those two really the, you can you can very well lose both of those games. But if you do, go ahead and call it. Go ahead, go ahead and call it. Let's go ahead and get ready, get ready for the draft. Try to go get a top 10, top five, and then let's roll from there. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. Like I said, and I said it last week with McCaffrey. Um, you know, I was okay in the retrospect keeping him out of that final drive against the Chiefs. He didn't look 100%. And in the, in the, in the grand scheme of it all, that game really – this game in season really doesn't matter to the Panthers' future where in terms – as opposed to McCaffrey and his, his health and safety. So if he's not 100%, you keep him out. You don't make sure that he gets hurt anymore. Um, and you continue to, you know, just try and win without him because, I mean, you don't want to ever say that you need to try to win without him, but you always have to be prepared for that, you know, just in case. But for the money that you're paying him, you can't, you know, put him in a situation where he's going to get hurt even more than he is. Um, and it was, like I said, it was just a weird – it was just a weird game all around. And I mean, not a weird game. It's kind of what I expected. I mean, we were doing okay in terms of rush defense for a little while until the, the back-breaking run that was Ronald Jones joining one of four – and including resident Derrick Henry, one of four running backs to hit a 98-yard run. And I uh, – but it wasn't even a Derrick Henry run. That was the worst part. He hit the first level. He hit the second level. He was gone. And that was it. And I 
I mean, <laughs> I stepped away for a second. I went down. I come back up. I'm like, what just happened? Yeah, I blinked and I was like, wait, I, I went. I blinked and I went, wait a minute, hold up, what just happened? And then, then the I mean, that, that drive. I mean, that drive in reality, or that that sequence of the offensive drive, and then Teddy's next consecutive play with just a horrible again. And I set it up to he was being rushed. He had hands and eyes all bodies all around him. He needed to get the ball out. He shouldn't have forced it. He was trying to force and get the team back on track, but. Did I guess when you let a man when you let a man when you let a man with one hand with a hand and a half pick you off? Like I this. mean, what do you do that? What do you do with the game there? That was that's I when I was like, oh no. I go I knew the game. I lost hope for that game at that point. I'm like, you know what? You know what? You know, maybe Justin Fields ain't that bad. You know what I mean? Maybe we maybe we maybe the tank ain't really that bad. Maybe we should just go ahead and just go just call it. Cause when three fingers can can make a pick on you with three I mean, he wasn't smart enough to run away and to not light up fireworks in his hand, but yet he's smart enough to drop back into coverage and pick you off without you seeing him. Like, there's – that don't make sense to me. Even then it was still a two-score game. I mean, even then it was still a two-score game. Oh, yeah. Because And then to be, to be fair to the defense, they held him to a field goal, and our defense has done very well in the red zone. It's something, But it's, it's kind of annoying at that point because, like, you kind of, it's better. It would be better to not let them get there. But of course, you know, it's a bend, don't break. And it's kind of like the Titans. The Titans are the same way for the most part. They'll let them in the red zone, but then they'll hold them in the red zone. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's just difficult to, to watch because you want, as a fan, you want them to do well. You never want your team to openly lose to try to tank. Most fans don't. No. And you go in there, you want to go in each week thinking, okay, we're good. We'll be able to go. And then <laughs> it's, I, I won't lie. It's just this having to learn how to win and this is the part that I, I just I'm never a fan of when you have when you go get new coaches and you try to like when they try to the pitches on we're still competing now I was like well no you're not because no you're not you brought in college coaches at every level offense coordinator head coach and defense coordinator so they have to learn how to play in this league yeah how to coach in this league you have a bunch of rookies all on defense they have to learn how to play in this league and you have to learn how to win I remember the, we all remember the Ron Rivera the start of the Ron Rivera era it's it's, it's very similar they had to learn. It took them three years. And so yeah. the thing about this is, is like, well, I mean, we have talent that, like when 2011, when we were bad, we just weren't talented. I, yeah. I, 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 we competed well, but we weren't talented. This team is, if I look at Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, all I have to do is put together a defense and, okay, we're, we're in the playoffs by next year. But you, you, there's no timetable on how long it takes for a team to learn how to put together victories. Yeah, it's just tough to know. But, uh, you know, well, closing on this game, um, guys, we're going to do something that we uh, decided to start doing here. It was something we would do in our old podcast that we wanted to bring through and show that we're still, you know, a podcast for the people. So every week, y'all, we're going to have a fan come in and talk real quick, kind of like calling them into a radio show um, and have them and just talk, have a, tell a little bit about themselves and talk a little bit about this game and the one uh, preceding it. Or excuse me, and the one coming after. So uh, we're joined today by Zachary Heath. Uh, Zach, how you doing, man? Can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. I'm doing great. So uh, first off, just tell us a bit about yourself and uh, what makes you a Panthers fan. Well, um, well, first off, I'm a 16-year-old um, person in high school. So I've been a Panthers fan ever since – I know before the 2015 season, um, like – a little bit before 2015 because I wasn't a big football fan until later in my life. So 
I actually was brought on to football by Madden, the Madden video game. That's a good one. That's fair. Yeah. (laughs) Relate to that, yep. Um, Well, what brought me on to the Panthers at that time, because I was a little bit younger at the time, um, was the colors of the Carolina Panthers, like the color of the jerseys. I thought they were very appealing, so – I definitely feel that. Big fan of the black and blue. Um, so, Zach, what were your thoughts on today's, uh, today's game? There was a, the 98-yard run by Ronald Jones. Like, I just think that was a really bad run defense on that one. Yeah. I get you every time. I mean, I get you. There was yeah. a – yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the game really hurt personally because – um, honestly, I am a big Tom Brady hater, so of course this hurt my heart a lot. So, yeah, I understand that we're all, for the most part, all pretty big Tom Brady haters too. Um, and then just we're, so we got the Lions coming up this week. That's a weird matchup. What are your thoughts going into that? Um, well, the uh, history of the Lions—they've been um, historically bad, so. Hopefully we can pull off a easy W, <laughs> but they have, I've noticed that they've been um, stepping up their game a little bit this season. So um, yeah, hopefully we can get the W um, because I've noticed we've been on a losing streak for a little while. So Matthew Stafford is not Tom Brady, Zach. So is uh, Matthew Stafford put the fear of God in you at all? Um, well, Matthew Stafford is a pretty darn good quarterback. Um, I have to say that. So, um, I think he he's going to put up some numbers possibly against us because we're a very young defense. So, but you know, hopefully we come together um, as a team and beat him. You know what I mean? Yep. Definitely. That's what we all want to see. Um. Oh wait, actually, Zach, before you leave, I forgot you actually wrote a, a Panthers song, didn't you? Oh yeah. Um, I wrote a, well, it's actually a remix of a song, of one of my songs. It was, it's called Flex, but I called it the Carolina Panthers slash CMC version. Well, we'll definitely, uh, we'll have to give that a listen and, uh, and see how that fits in. And hopefully CMC will be back to Flex next week. Yes, I hope so. Um, CMC is one of my favorite players. Yeah, he's one of mine too. But again, Zach, uh, thank you so much for coming on and for listening to us. So we really appreciate it. No problem. I always support the home team and I always support anybody who supports my team. You know what I mean? Exactly. All right. Thank you, man. Keep pounding, brother. Keep pounding, man. Thanks for coming No problem. So thanks again, guys. That was Zach Heath. Um, That's something we're going to kind of keep doing here each week in and out. Um, Like I said, we're a podcast for the people we want to show y'all love and bring y'all on. So if you're interested in coming and talking on just for that little time, like he just did, um, just DM us a picture of yourself at either a Panthers game or in Panthers gear. It doesn't have to be, you know, a recent game. It could be, you know, just one that you loved, a memory that you had, kind of like what we did. Um, and then just kind of tell us why you're a Panthers fan, and we will uh, get that set up for you. We've got another also big thing coming. We're going to announce this too. we got another thing that we're going to announce too, where we have uh, a fan episode coming up here for the bye week. So when the bye week hits, it's going to be our bye week too. We're going to let the fans talk and see how they're feeling going, you know, with these remaining games of the season. But, you know, he talked about it. So we've got the matchup this week against the Lions. And the Lions are a weird team right now. They're two and two in the last four weeks. 
And I mean, they just beat the Redskins. Of course, it is the Redskins, but they're doing so. The crazy part is they're doing so without Kenny Galladay, their number one wide receiver. They had it was Marvin Jones today. Now, sure, they still have TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift has started to come into his own as a running back. And he's looking like a force that, you know, he's looking like one of those elusive running backs that can make things happen in open field that the Panthers just love to love to play poorly against. But it will be a home game. <laughs> Um, and so, but to me, it, it gives me reminiscent, it, it's reminiscent of the game in 20, 2017, when we played the Lions, we had had a couple iffy games. It was right before Cam, you know, it was right before that, or after that Steelers game, excuse me, the next game where it was in Detroit, we were looking like we were going to go well. And then that last play, you know, uh, Curtis had a great touchdown and then went for the two Cam just overthrew him. Looked like, and that started our down spiral of the year. We had a chance to come back from a big loss where a team put up 40, more than 40 on us. So now we have the chance to come back from a big loss where a team put up 40 on us. And so what are, uh, I know I'm not, ner I'm nervous more because my roommate is a Lions fan and I don't want to have to hear that for a week if we end up losing to the Lions. So what, what are y'all's thoughts on it? Um, <laughs> uh, well, a lot of my thoughts are the same concerns we have on defense every week and you're facing another quarterback that, well, Matthew Stafford isn't, you know, I mean, he's not, he's not, he's not, isn't nobody's top 10 or top five. He's a very confident quarterback and he can slice you up if you don't come correct. So, I mean, it's all, it's all, I'm not really worried about what they'll do. It's more so about will we be better this week? Like, will we play discipline? Will we be in the right spots? And if we're not, this game could go, this, this game could go badly for us. I mean, I, I would hope that. Like I said, it really is it's really gonna be contingent upon Teddy Bridgewater plays and how healthy he is going into that game. Because if he's not available, then you can go ahead and chalk it up. I don't really see us winning that game without Teddy Bridgewater ava being available. Our defense, do we do we finally get a week where our defense looks like they did, you know, against Atlanta the first time, Arizona, and I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I don't really feel great about it. I I won't lie. Yeah, like he, like Shantice was saying, it's not the Lions players. I'm not particularly worried about anyone on the team. I mean, we we face players and teams that are more talented than this team. Um, you know, Matt Safford, he's a capable quarterback, and if we if we don't respect them, if we don't practice if hard, if we if we don't do the right things all week, he, they're going to rip us apart just like every other team in the league. Um, so we got to come out and play hard against uh, a team that's on the rise, really. Um, you know, they had a rough start to the season. They were the third pick in the draft last year. But now, you know, they're starting to make, make things happen. I mean, like we talked about with DeAndre Swift coming to his own, um, you know, that defense is not very good. But, uh, you know, in the NFL, it's, you know, any given Sunday. So if we don't come out, they're going to hand it to us. And kind of like what Shantice was saying, if I'm not too worried about them, but more so us. Uh, we we have we have the players advantage. We 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 even have the coaches advantage. I know we we talk about our coaches a lot of the time. They have Matt Patricia, and I'm not really sure how he's still coaching the league uh, <laughs> yeah. right now. But so that I guess that's something we got going for us. But um, um I, you know, yeah, yeah I, I agree with you guys. I, who knows anymore? I, I I don't. I think what Shanti said. I think you know. Let's see what happens with the MRI with Teddy. Um, is Christian going to be back in the uh, in the lineup? But really, like you guys said, I'm not – I don't. the Detroit Lions are Jekyll and Hyde just like we are, I think. I mean, you know, and, and so it just becomes what teams show up and what Carolina Panthers team are we going to get. So I, I I don't know. It's just like you don't know anymore. But that's the NFL too. Let's be real. That's yep. I mean, Jacksonville goes into Green Bay today and is, you know, got the ball with a chance to beat them. 
with Lou. I don't even know what the kid's name was, Fulton or Fulton or whatever, going against Aaron Rodgers. So let's who knows anymore. I, I you know I, I just don't know, but I think it comes down to what we do. And I agree with you, uh, Tyler. I don't know how Matt Patricia is still in the NFL in terms of coaching, head coach, um, defense coordinator. I got you, but man, you know that they've never lived up to the potential they have on that team. No, and I think it's like you said. I think it's two key. I mean, the two key injuries is you know if Teddy and McCaffrey back in full force, and then if they have Galladay back in full force. Without Galladay, as dismal as our defensive backing group is, I think we have enough to manage just Marvin Jones Jr. Whoever they have is another guy, and TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I think we have enough to cover. But with Kenny Galladay, with the he's a he's a lot slider of a guy, but he can still. I mean, he's got that sneaky talent. You don't think about him that much, and that's what makes him good is that you don't think about him, and then boom, next thing you know, he's behind you in the, in the middle of the field. Um, I think two guys that are going to have to, I, I hope, have a big game need an upswing because they were they were non-existent today for the most part. I mean, Jeremy Chin did, for the most part, his job against Gronkowski. Gronkowski was pretty quiet the most of the game, but there were other areas that he was slipping, obviously, towards the end there, too. You know, Gronkowski had a couple big plays. Um, but if, because if Galladay's out, I mean, TJ Hawkins, Hawkinson, that's been that's been Stafford's guy, there, especially in the red zone. So TJ, it's going to be another area where he's going to have to work that middle of the field and try to swing up on him. Another dude who was pretty much, I don't even think I heard his name today, was Derek Brown. He did just nothing against the Bucks. But if he can get after Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford's not a guy that's going to be able to get away from him, even though it is Derek Brown. He's not the fastest dude in the field, but Derek and Brian Burns, too, because Brian Burns, I mean, other than applying pressure, those guys, the front four didn't really make any splash today. And so, I mean, it's what Jeff preaches every single week. These bigger, these old, these veteran quarterbacks, these bigger guys, these kind of slower guys, put some freaking pressure on him. Get the get in there, yeah. get them off their, off their feet and rattled. And you'll have a chance. It's what we did against Nick Foles, or, or it's what um yeah, it's what we get, did against Nick Foles that almost had us help win that Bears game for the most part. It's what we've done in weeks past to throw these guys off their group, or like Justin Herbert, you know, he's a younger guy, throw him off of his game, get him uncomfortable. I think that's what we need to do there. And it's another it just again speaks to Phil Snow being very timid in terms of what he needs to do coverage wise. I and mean, that was this was a, you know one of the few weeks that I'm like, okay, we need to be doing something different than we are. We we didn't I don't know what made him think after playing the Bucks the first time that not rushing Brady what's going to work again. I don't know what you, you've already played this team once. So why? But it's, it's just the fact that like, you understand that with a veteran quarterback, if I just let him sit back there and just survey, you, you, you already know your, you, your corners are scared to death. Troy Price to playing 10 yards off. Resort Douglas ha can't handle Mike Evans for, for and, and I'll give Douglas his credit. He competed. He, he tried. It just, uh, just didn't do anything. It just didn't happen. Yeah. So, why would you keep blitzing from the edge, for one? Why do you keep giving Brady a chance to, to step up in the pocket? That's the one thing every, every pocket passer wants to do. If, it, if, if the pressure's coming off the edge, that's where Brian Burns is coming from. Brian Burns is just always a, a second late, but Brady's well aware that he's coming. So it's not hard for him. Like, all right, all right cool, he's coming off the edge, but I'll slide, I'll slide up one step, and I'll, and I'll drop it right over the top of your linebackers. And it's just something we don't even think of. I don't, I, I, just, I don't even know what to think anymore about it. So, I mean – what Tyler? What are, is there a matchup you're looking at? We don't want to steal from Shanti's video, but is there a matchup you're looking at here that truly it, it piques your interest? Um, just again looking at the secondary. Uh, I think a key to this game is not to have Corn Elder lead the team in tackles. I don't know if you guys saw that, but he led us in tackles today. <laughs> one, one, 
Uh, he shouldn't be leading in tackles too. That means we're allowing a lot of completions downfield and making a lot of tackles downfield. So I guess that brings me to my point. We got to stop the Andre Swift. And overall, we need to be a better tackling team. Uh, the tackling all over the place has just been terrible. It was a physical game today, but we didn't wrap up. We didn't drive to the ground. We let ball carriers get yards um, that they didn't need to. Just a couple yards here and there can really take a toll on a defense like ours where we're not experienced. And we need an out-physical and out-hustle team. So, And that starts with tackling. So we got to stop DeAndre Swift. That's that's what I want to see is how our front seven and our secondary gets DeAndre Swift on the ground. And that's that's a crucial point right there because, I mean, we had we had Tom Brady. We had Tom Brady dead to rights, and he was still slipping it. When you have Tom Brady breaking your tackles or slipping away from tackles in the, in the pocket, you, what are you doing? Come on. And we had Ronald Jones dead to rights a couple times, and he was still slipping through. DeAndre Swift, he's a slippery, slippery Son of a bitch. So he can get out there. He can make his he can make his name known. I mean, he can get out there. He can move laterally while still moving forward. He's, he's shown that. He took a little while to get going, but now he's shown that in those areas he can make things happen. So that's that's a, that's a key. That, that's a lot bigger of a thing that issue that we're gonna have to we're gonna have to. Then people are gonna realize. And I think the two things the coaches need to work on a week this practice is tackling and two minute drills. Because obviously the game's gonna come down for the most part to the last two minutes of either the half or the of the game, as we've seen almost every game this season. And we haven't been able to, I think we've completed on maybe, I don't think we've completed on a single two minute draw. I think all the other games that we won, we won there in the trenches before that two minutes. So yeah. two things, a stop with the freaking fake punts. Um, yeah. This week. Uh, yeah. That was not, <laughs> was that, was that like a, a, a punt draw? Like the guy was going to pass, but then he ran a draw play. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, couldn't like, even, I can't even tell you that I have no, um, but here's the interesting stat. The lions though are giving up six yards a run. Like when, so the rushing defense really is not there. So if you're giving up six yards of rush, listen, I'm sending Mike Davis at you, and I'm, I'm protecting CMC, but keep Matt. It's the same thing. Run the football, play defense, keep Matt Stafford to that, and, and keep him off the field. Um, and your your guys got to do a better job on your tight ends. I mean, TJ Hawkinson can play ball. Uh, let's be real. My boy can play ball. Yeah. So you got to do a better job on, on your, whether it's linebackers or Jeremy Chen or whoever. Of course, well, I say he's not Gronk, although Gronk's, you know, I mean, Gronk's Gronk, but, and they referred to him today as a Hall of Famer. I would, I want to argue about that one for a minute, but we can do that later. Um, I mean, well, I mean, I'll just, I'll end that real quick. Yeah. Gronk's a Hall of Famer. I mean, his sheer um, size and what he's been able to, I mean, yeah. he just, he shouldn't be, but he, because he was on the Patriots and did what he did with the Patriots, he's going to be any other team. Like, he's not. Like, so, what you would go is, you'd go him or like Travis Kelsey right now. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer right now. But because of but if he's on the Patriots, he's a Hall of Famer. It's because he's on the Patriots. So back to the back. I want to see the Lions run defense against Mike Davis and CMC if he's healthy. I think that I want to Joe Buck said one of the stupidest things I've ever heard during the Titans Colts game. He said Philip Rivers was one of the best to ever do it, and I I had to stop. Well, man, you're talking about meaningless yards, and yeah, you know, yeah, talking about that padding. Then sure, here's the deal: Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. That's Dan Marino, though. But his thing, though, but, Dan Marino didn't win because that franchise didn't. I can't, you know, I can't name one receiver Dan Marino played with. You can't Mark, well, I can. I got you. I mean, because I you were, well, yeah, man, you were there. I mean, it was my. <laughs> hey, be nice. Be nice. <laughs> you weren't. You were. You weren't even in diapers. You were running around. You were driving cars. Dude. <laughs> um, but you know what? I mean, Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. Yeah, but, but Philip River, oh, come on, he could get in the Hall of Fame for trash talking though. That's good. He he is the he is the funniest white dude I've ever heard trash talk. Like, oh, it's, oh, oh, he's still a Hall of Famer though. 
Yeah, I mean, just stats oh, yeah. alone, yeah, like he's a Hall of Famer. But that's yeah. different. Like that's, I mean, he's that's that's a little bit different in my mind. Um, I don't remember. Nine kids, come on, man, he's got to be a Hall of Fame somewhere. Yeah, yeah. true. <laughs> anyway, back to, back to, um, one more thing I wanted to mention. I want to talk to you too about it because I remember I know we've talked about this game before. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the last time we played the Lions. There was DJ. I think D, this game has been on DJ's calendar and circled because the last time we played the Lions, there was a crucial time where DJ didn't make a block that yeah. ended a touchdown that would have won the game for the Panthers. And then also, do we think so? Do we think that game is going to be huge? Because I think DJ had a good upswing this week. You know, he, mm-hmm. we talked about the little slump and he was like, it's not a slump. They're just spreading the love. Yep. But he had, you know, first half he was going off. I also want to think, I wonder. What's going through Tepper's mind in terms of being aggressive on the ball? Obviously, you know, we made the call to go for two for that game to w- take the win. Didn't come come up short. That kind of set the whole season in mind. So do you think do you think that that game back in 2017 is rattling around in their minds a little bit? I think it should. I, I, I think it should. Not not maybe not for DJ Moore because more he just doesn't seem like a I don't know what he internalized. I don't know what his motivation is when he steps out there. It's, it's, it's some weeks he's he's going crazy, some weeks he's just non-existent. So for DJ Moore. I don't think he takes anything personally. I think he, I think he just, it just all each each week is his own story. But he needs to. He needs to start doing that. I wish he would because he has potential to be what Steve Smith what not Steve Smith, but he's got he's got all the talent in the world. But you know, I kind of wish he would just play with a little bit more anger. You know, yeah, play like he he hates everybody. You know, but Tepper, Tepper's got to be thinking about it because you know his thing. All the all decisions Tepper's made, he's been banking on. You know. Being futuristic with you know analytics, all of this. Hey, look here, buddy. Hey, look at hey, you, you, because I've been watching, <laughs> and you on the clock, Bucko, because you've made some decisions that I haven't agreed with, and he likes that aggressive style. I, I, I guarantee he likes what Matt Rule does with the fake punts. Hey, yeah, one of these got to pay off because you've been selling us on, you know, we gonna play aggressive, we gonna do this and that. At some point, you better start winning. Because I know myself and a lot of other fans are getting a little restless with the whole, oh, you know, we, we're going to compete, but ho- be patient because we're, because we're young. <laughs> and when up. you put it, when you put an, an owner on the clock as a fan, that, that should speak to something. When you're telling the owner, hey, you got, you got time, you got to get going. Like, you don't have hey, look, because when you keep telling me about all these decisions you're making and how they're going to help us progress in the future, man, look. We don't have that much time. I, I don't say we don't have that much time to waste, but it's just we have a lot of players that are really entering their primes right now, and I don't want to waste that. Like, I don't want to yeah. waste Christian McCaffrey. He's a running back. We don't know how, how much longer Christian McCaffrey is going to be yeah. at the top of his game. We have receivers that are that we that we all think are young, hot receivers in the league, and we don't we don't know how much longer we'll be able to keep the, all those guys on the roster for this little money that we're paying them. So you really just don't know, and things change quickly in, in the NFL. Teams can go from being Two and fourteen to nine and seven play French playoff team. Yeah. So well, I, even in the season, even in, even in the season itself, dude. I mean, you know, a team starts out five and zero, oh, and then you lose three of your next four. Yeah. Not that I'm talking about anybody in particular, but, <laughs> but, but that's. I mean, that's that's in a nutshell. I mean, and, and it just becomes when we keep talking about on the clock and stuff. Listen, how many people have always said the NFL stands not for long? Yeah. 
I mean, it does. And you see it, especially with the with receivers. I mean, you talk about the uptick in like the circulation of running backs. Receivers are even different. They say it's kind of widely known receivers reach their peak or get to their get into their own after about year three is when they start to come into their own. And right. now you're seeing guys, I mean, that weren't even here two years ago, three years ago, like DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin. They're taking the league by storm. Christian Kirk. So like our receivers, while they're not old per se, there, there's that window is closing of them to be elite receivers. Um, I will say last week, I remember, I think, or a couple weeks back, I said that DJ Moore needs to sit down with Steve Smith. Steve Smith needs to teach him how to be a, a dog, how to teach him to be, to be a ball, a playmaker, to get that fire in him. I'm going to change that. Who needs to sit down with him and change his, you know, on-field persona is Luke Keekley. Luke Keekley was the guy, he was freaking Mr. Rogers when he was off the field, but then you get on the field, he's the freaking Hulk. And DJ is a very mild-mannered guy. So if there's anyone that can take him to figure out how to flip that switch on the field, It'd be Keekly. Um, Honestly, you're right. I think they, I think they relate more on their off the field personalities more than him and Steve Smith. Because you saw Steve Smith like back. I always go back to the uh, the all or nothing when Steve Smith's talking to Cam about putting DJ on his fantasy lineup with DJ sitting right there, and DJ's kind of like, "Yeah, you can start me. I'm good." Like he he seems so uncomfortable with the whole situation. And more like more than a wide receiver should, because a wide receiver is supposed to be that you know charismatic. You know, they're they're they're, they're the guy. Like you can be that mellow manner guy when you're Julio Jones. Yeah, you can be that mellow manner guy when you're Megatron. Because there's the other opposite side is if you're too non mellow mannered and you become like AB, and you don't you don't want to do that. Um, but you know, wrapping up. So like I said, this game's gonna be weird for me. I really don't know what to think. It depends, like y'all been saying, which Panthers show up. Whether it's the beginning of the season, first half of the season, or which if it's the first half of most games Panthers as opposed to the second half of most games Panthers, and then you'll see. I mean. Which Lions show up? What roster they're going to have show, showing up to us uh, to play? Um, so I'm going to go. We keep waiting for it and we keep talking about it. And the, for Joey Sly, I'm going to give him. I think he's finally going to get the chance to to win the game, and I think he's finally going to get it to the point where it, it's going to be not where he wants it to be. I think you're going to make you know with having McCaffrey is going to be fine. I think something's going to go down. Either Teddy's going to be iffy, McCaffrey's going to be iffy going into this game. I just don't know how they're going to be, but I think you get it around around like the 45 yard line. Jeff, you're the resident kicker. How far of a kick would that be? Uh, at 45, 52. Okay. So maybe 40 within that 45, 50 range, I think you get, and then Sly gets the chance. If the weather holds up in Carolina, I'd say I'm going to go, I'm going to go 27 to 24. I don't know how I'm going to get three touchdowns each, a field goal each. I'm going to say 27-24, and that, that gives us the win. What about y'all? All right, I think I'm going to go I'm going to go loss. Oof. Loss to the Lions, 30-23 here. 30-23, um, no. We're going to have a tough time, tough time against the run. Um, I, I just, for no particular reason, then other than just things are just won't be going our way and we won't execute. That's what it's going to come down to um, at the end of the day. It'll be close, but um, we just got to execute. Hmm. I'm going to go. I really want to see whether Teddy's going to play, but if Teddy's playing, I'll say we win 34 to 30. Now, if Teddy doesn't play, this, this, we could probably end up only scoring like 13 points, maybe. Yeah. It, it, it could be like 27 yeah. 13 if, if Teddy doesn't play. Okay. Yeah. Either way, I think we lose. I'm going to just, I've picked, I've picked us to win each week and it's not working. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah, maybe Jeff's the the, the X factor. Sure. I guess to lose. I'll go if Teddy doesn't play. I'm gonna go uh, 34-13. Oh. Um, 
in favor of Detroit. And if Teddy plays, is he 100%? Does CMC go 100%? Even if they, even if those two guys play, I still think it's like a 31-24, 31-24 ball game. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be tough either way. I think what Tepper needs to do, it needs to put out the bat signal outside of Bank of America, maybe off of the Min Street Garage, just with the D three symbol. Tell Derek Anderson to brush it off. Tell him to put the jersey back on. We need the elite backup quarterback to come because I ain't putting PJ Walker or Will Greer oh, in a game. Are you I kidding love, me? I love PJ, man. Uh, you saw that that drive against the freaking Falcons. We saw what he did when he could come in to back up for Teddy. Those balls went in the dirt. The one pass to, to Robbie almost would have been good had it been in bounds. Yeah. I don't but know. Course, but of course everybody who follows us, make sure you check our Twitter and social all our social media tomorrow. We'll try to keep you up to date as much yeah, as Yeah, definitely as, as you know as more news comes yeah, to light. Comes uh, tonight, we'll try to I'll try to keep up here in Charlotte what's going down. Yeah, keep your uh, ear to the ear to the ground there in Charlotte. But um, like we said, guys, thank you again for listening uh, to us. We appreciate all the viewers we've had, the listeners we've had. Um, you know, you can uh, hit us up on Instagram and Twitter, P1N underscore network. It's the same for both. Um, we've got our YouTube as well, the Panthers Nation Network. Like we said, we're not just a podcast; we're a network. We've got more stuff coming. We're gonna have articles coming here for you. We've got we've got things in the works. So um, and even some maybe even some merch coming here in a couple weeks. So uh, so keep your ears out and keep your eyes on on that. And uh, guys, um, just thank you again for joining. And until next time, everybody, keep pounding.